everybody, and welcome to episode six of The Injection. I'm Antoine J. Johnson with my producer, Michael J. What's going on, everybody? And for the second week in a row, we have Mark Jones. What's up? And we have two additional guests. We're taking it to the next level today. We have Corey Blunt. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Corey. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Um, I'm 42 years old. I'm from Smithfield, Virginia, um, where I actually grew up between Smithfield and downtown Newport News, Virginia. Um, I'm uh, the uh, child of two educators. Um, so I've been uh, kind of linked with the education system here in Smithfield for most of my life, along with sports. Um, and that's about it. I work for Apple um, and uh, I'd love to debate. <laughs> okay, we're in the right place. <laughs> All right, Corey. So, and then we got we got Mike Bowman as well. Mike, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, Mike. I'm uh, 42 years old. I'm married. Uh, no kids. Uh, I'm an engineer for a, a new product um, introduction from a company called Tokyo Electron. Uh, we make uh, the second biggest producer of the machines, uh, semiconductor. Uh, chip making machines around the world. So, um, so right now I travel, you know, 100% for my job. I just moved across country from uh, New York to Arizona. So, yeah, the cold and the sun. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at right now, you know, just kind of okay. out in a hotel room. Okay. So, 100% travel. That's what's up. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's only for like you know, another two more months, and then I'm 100% stable here back in Arizona, so cool. Okay, that's what's up. So welcome, um, Corey, Mike, and of course, Mark Jones, um, <laughs> and, and Michael J. So um, we're going to jump right in, y'all. We all, Corey, Mike, Mark, and myself, um, went to Smithville High School, Um over the course of the week, as you all know, we, we, we're highlighting stories that got a lot of play um, on social media throughout the week. And one of the ones that surprisingly got a lot of play was our old high school, Smithville High School. Um, we all matriculated there and graduated. I, I graduated in 94. Before I think, when did y'all graduate? 94. I graduated in 95. Okay. That was Mark Jones. And Corey, when did you graduate? I graduated in '95. Okay, that was Corey. Okay, Corey graduated in '95. And Mark, when did, Mark Jones, when did you? '93. '93. And then Mike, you you graduated with me in '94, right? Yeah, '94. Yep. Okay. So the big thing um, in Smithfield right now is all about, you know, the locks on the school doors. It was in the Smithfield Times. Um, I know Mark and Corey, y'all are pretty much down there. Um, what's going on? Um, I don't really know too much about the uh, the locks on the doors. Um, as far as I I know, you know the the doors have been semi locked all around the school since we were in school. Um, we were in school; the front doors were unlocked, and the, and one of the back doors was unlocked. Outside of that, you know, everything locked from the outside. Wow. Um, you had to be inside to open the door. So um, since then, you know, I have children that go to the high school. Um, you know, they locked the front doors. They locked all the doors. And you have to be buzzed in to even get into the school. Okay. 
Now, and let me ask you this, like, how has that been working with the community? I mean, are people, know, I mean, because everybody, a lot of people comment, a lot of different people comment. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't really know. Go ahead. I don't really know why they were so, you know, enraged about the, the locks being on the doors. I mean, to be honest, it's it's not like Smithfield is an area that is a, a high crime area. It's not like people are running up in the schools or have ever run up in the school and done you know, anything to the kids or anything. So, you know, a little bit of added safety or, or whatever in the schools, I just don't, I don't, you know, understand what the the issue is. And I didn't read the article, so there may be something that I'm missing, but. Well, from um, what I read, it was like a, a, there's a fire code violation, but, and as much as I read on it, it's got to be something from the inside. There's no way locking it from the outside could be, you know, a, a fire Fire code violation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean what school that that something happens and well, we didn't lock the door. Well, why didn't you lock the door? It's to twenty nineteen. The door should be locked at a school. Yeah, well, you know, now, and I and I added this on my on on the post. Like I remember when I was in school, I remember those side doors by the parking lot. You had to actually unlock. I mean, they were actually locked during the day because, like, mm-hmm. if you drove your car, you had to walk all the way around to the front so like they could see you come in or some something. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, so the side doors were locked, and like the front door was always open. So when I read this, I was like, "Okay, so what's going on? Are they locking the doors both from?" That was my question. But but are they the locking doors the doors both from the inside the and inside. outside, or was this just about um, a security measure to let people in? And from what I could gather, everybody pretty much was on the same page. This is just about a camera at the front door, and students aren't locked in. And maybe that's the where the the fire marshal and the school has a little bit of a misunderstanding. I don't know. But it seemed like it was a lot of conversation about the students being locked in and not being able to get out in the fire. And that being that's how I understood it. Maybe I'm wrong. I've I've never I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah. Me either. Okay. Okay. So basically it's about logistics and some petty stuff. I, I mean, that's basically what it's about. It sounds like that. From what I saw, it it just looked like it was a cat and mouse game between okay. you know the fire marshal and the school system. Okay, he wanted the fire marshal wanted the schools not locked. To change the locks, right? Change the locks, and the school and the school system was saying, "No, we're fine, and we need this for safety." There's nothing wrong with them. Okay, all right. So everybody, that's pretty much what's going on, y'all, in Smithfield right now. Um, Smithfield. The school system wants to keep the locks the way they are. The fire marshal is saying the locks aren't meeting standards according to what code is. And I, I so, believe, Antoine, it's an Isla White issue. I don't think it's a Smithfield only. Oh, mm. okay. 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 Well, you know, um, more power to y'all. Like, you know, I stay on top of the Smithfield news. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stop being cheap and go ahead and, have, and, 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 and pay for my subscription to the Smithfield Times. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably the most aggressive newspaper of all. Because, you know, I, get a, I look at a lot of different articles. Y'all know that. And, like, Smithfield Times is on. They let you have three lines. And before you know it, are you going to pay for this? So, like, uh, yeah. Well, you should have grabbed it this week because it's a big thing in there about the uh, juvenile detention center not coming to Windsor. So you'd have loved that. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad. And, you know, sidebar real quick. I'm glad to find out that Windsor, you know, I know we have differences of opinion um, about why that shouldn't happen, but I think we all are in agreement. 
that the facility shouldn't happen. Of course, no. my standpoint being that, you know, I don't want to see another facility built because I think facilities that get built to house detention residents usually get filled by black people to house those detention spaces. So that's my thing. But I know that there's a lot of other things about zoning and safety and other things that have allowed it not to happen and has everybody agreeing that it shouldn't happen. And I'm that's all for that. That's a good thing. All right, so y'all, let's move on. Um, it's early in the week. Um, we definitely had to say um, our condolences to Nigel Shelby, um, a gay student that was um, in the South. He committed suicide simply because he was bullied. And um, talking about schools and what's going on, it's a great segue. Um, Nigel, again, a gay boy um, from the pictures and the articles that I could read seems like he was well adjusted for the most part uh, with his own personal sexuality but evidently he was getting a lot of flack and feedback from both school and family and now we have this tragedy where he is murdered um, there was a lot of back and forth about this this week um, I know one of the main things Mark and uh, well, no, one more. Let me not say Mark, but more specifically Corey, and Mark agreed with fingers pointing up to Corey's response. So that's the reason why it's poignant. Um, <laughs> 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 um, the kids need to get a little bit more backbone. They need to be a little bit stronger. You know, everybody gets bullied, and Corey, you know what? I'm gonna let you speak to that. Okay, sure. I have no problem with that one. Um. Everybody does get bullied, you know. Um, I don't believe that just because a child is, um, you know, homosexual or whatever he may be, he should be singled out, you know, because all children get bullied, you know. Whether you have a cleft palate, you know, you have, uh, you were born with a birth defect, um, you know, you look different from everybody else, uh, your parents don't have any money. Uh, your clothes are raggedy, um, you know, all different issues, you know, will get you picked on as a kid, you know, or bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, some children as a whole, and and from what I see, I have a lot of children, so I'm around a lot of <laughs> children all the time. You know what I'm saying? Okay, all the time. Okay. So, so, you know, I see what kids are, and, and compared from when we were younger to now, kids are definitely a little more emotional. Um, I don't know if it comes from being raised by mostly women these days because, you know, the state that our black men are in, you know what I'm saying, as a whole, but they're a lot softer, you know, for the ones that I see. You're using some interesting verbiage, but go ahead. Hey, I just, this is what I see. You know what I mean? So, you know, I feel like kids or parents need to to teach their children, you know, that they're going to be bullied. You're going to be bullied as a child, and guess what? You're going to be bullied if you allow it as an adult also because this world will chew you up and spit you out. They don't care about your emotions, your feelings, you know, how you feel. They get a kick out of seeing you down or or being depressed about yourself or not being sure about yourself. Now, can every child stand up for himself? No, naturally, you know, no. You know, but can a lot more children stand up for themselves? Yes, they can. You know, if you have enough guts and intestinal fortitude to commit suicide on yourself, 
you should have enough to be able to stand up for yourself. Now, I understand that, you know, that may go on for a long time. You may stand, keep standing up and keep getting knocked down. And those are some exceptional situations. But as a whole, kids need to start taking up for themselves a lot more. Let me, okay. let me, let me, let me just jump in really quickly to kind of better understand, but then also provide some, like, feedback about that. Um, so I, I 100% agree that parents need to teach their kids how to defend themselves from anything or to stand up from anything. But then it becomes a situation where that child has to continue to do that. And I know we're talking about Nigel Shelby right now who committed suicide because of the bullying uh, from his classmates or the school that he was in. His mother completely supported, you know, him and his identity development and being, you know, that that's her son. And so she loves him and he received that from her. But what do you do at the point where you are defending yourself and then you have other siblings that you have to defend as well because they're being bullied. And then it just becomes too much because no one else is supporting you and defending yourself. And when I'm talking about someone else, I'm not just talking about another kid or a friend. I'm talking about adults who are supposed to oversee and supervise classrooms and institutions that the students go to. Well, that's, so, that's supposedly where it starts, right? Right. That's where it's starting at. I mean, the child is spending the majority of their time there, so they're around that all day. And so I'm not going to sit up here and believe that they're just being bullied for like five or ten minutes. That's throughout the day. Yeah. They take their classes with the same students. And so... Well, teachers should be on that. Yeah, they should. And so while it's important that we need to teach our kids to defend themselves, we need to be holding these institutions accountable as well. And they need to be having programs that are going to address bullying across the board, not just for one issue, because the child was being bullied for being gay or because they're fed or whatever the case may be, but to address it all across the board. So I definitely agree with that. Right. So the, so the question becomes, you know, is it about the status or, or, or where you stand at with being, you know, different and how that relates to you getting pulverized at school? Or is it just that all kids, regardless of what they have going on, are all suffering the same amount of bullying? I personally believe, and I mean, keep in mind, y'all, I work in, um, I'm in DCPS quite a bit. So DC public schools, for those that don't know what DCPS is, but, um, and, and what I see is serious, if it's going to be any bullying, it's about being different. Like, that's what it really, really all be started mm-hmm. with. And keep in mind, it's, you know, the schools I go into in the city, it's a little bit different dynamic. The, you know, trans kids are much more accepted than gay kids. And I see that, you know, even from, I mean, now I'm talking about specifically the kids. Now, parents of gay kids tend to accept their kids being gay much more than trans parents of trans kids accepting that their kids are trans. Mm -hmm. And then it just flips. Because kids seem to accept trans kids much more than they do gay kids whereas parents don't. Does all that make sense to y'all? So what? (laughs) So what? I know it gets a little confusing. (laughs) I know it gets a little confusing. But the bottom line is you know, all at the end of the day, whether it be at home or whether it be at school, kids are being bullied. And for instance, Charlize Theron, she had a kid, um, and that's another post that got a lot of um, play. 
she's protecting her child. She said, you know, he's a trans. I'm sorry, because again, and Mike Jones, Mark Jones, you let me know this. <laughs> like again, I can mess up with 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 gender gender calling. So, for lack of a better way to put it, so with. She has a trans daughter that she's protecting. She has the money to do so to make sure they go into the right schools, do the right thing, so they don't have to be bullied. And she's saying, "Okay, yeah, I have a trans daughter, um, and that's what we're gonna do." And she's being taken to task about the fact that she has a trans daughter. She wants to have a trans daughter be part of mainstream society, and she has the money to actually make that happen. She's got a lot of flack. She wanted a trans I'm going to let you talk, Mike. I mean, I'm going to let you talk, Mark. Hold on for just one minute. But she has a lot of flack from the black community about this because they're saying, oh, she's emasculating her son as he becomes a female. And it's just it's just really dirty. So, like, where does support go um, in this round? I'll let you speak, Mark. Go ahead. All right. Well, we're gonna get on her later, right? Well, it's kind of like the, the lines are <laughs> amazing. But yeah. you know, go ahead and speak to it in totality. Right. Go ahead and well, speak to it. I think we most most kids are cruel. I mean, I think we can agree to that when it comes to other kids. I, I don't know if it's ingrained in the DNA that they gotta, I guess, establish a pecking order by picking mm-hmm. on the weak. I, I'm not. I'm not sure why, but. Uh, <laughs> I know you couldn't see it, but I was pointing to Corey the whole time. What he's saying, what he's saying. <laughs> right? And, and what he said on Facebook: If you take that bully and you wrap something around his head one or two times, he's going to leave you on and move to the next person. Okay. And and you might have to keep doing it, like like you said, you might have to keep doing it, but eventually they're going to leave you alone and know you're not a you're not an easy target. That right. being said, mm-hmm. not every kid can do that, you know, and not okay. every kid's strong enough, and. As far as the whole gay thing, I'm not sure exactly how much I saw, but when I would go get my son a couple of years ago, they had, you know, I guess, lack of a better word, safe spaces or whatever for for kids that felt trans, gay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, is as bad a shape as the country is in, or you think it is in a whole lot of social ways, we are progressing to more acceptance. I know you don't think that you look at the news, but in a couple mm-hmm. of generations that you're going to be a totally different country. No, I definitely think there's more acceptance. I definitely think there's more acceptance, but I also think there are people like Mike Bowman who don't see it like that, who have been very vocal, Mike Bowman, about um, their feelings as it relates, and we're not trying to jump on you, Mike, but I gotta let you speak on this. What do you, What do you think? Uh, okay, like uh, you know, it's it's so funny you bring up like you know you know bullying and, and being taught to defend ourselves and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I literally have personal experience, and we talked about it earlier when when you said, "Oh, I sound radically different," you know, than than what I was in high school, and you want to know what that radically different voice that I had. Like literally, literally, I loathed the first day of school. Like okay. literally, it was jokes beyond jokes. You know, it was. Hold on a second. It was a. Uh, it was literally just an endless barrage of bullying. Okay, right. And here's another crazy thing. So you know, the parents, you know, so you know, supposed to be the ones to, you know, to to teach them that and stuff like that. You know what? I I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a parent. You know, you know, uh, Mark is a parent. You know, he's he's got you know a couple kids, so mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
you know, maybe, maybe he can he could chime in on that. But you know, for for me, I I I don't know. I'm like, I I'm adopted. Me, me, you know, me and my brother, and we went through a lot of things, man. We were we weren't the, you know, we wouldn't have the, the white privilege, you know, growing up. <laughs> right. you, you know what I mean? And 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 this is what my brother did, you know, right. Benjamin Doyle. You know, if you guys know him or remember him, my brother beat the shit out of him. He beat the shit out of him so bad that nobody ever, 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 ever disrespected the Bowman kids. All the way up to when my little brother even finished uh, high school. And, and it's no joke. You, you know what I mean? Like, like my, my, bro- my brother took three days suspension for that, for that shit. And, and, and it's like, it's, it's sometimes that, that's what you got to do. You, you got to beat the shit out of somebody because they don't get it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to kind of like, Knock it into that. Now, you know, <laughs> as for like, I don't know if you want to, you know, talk about the whole Charlie Theron thing. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, um, I, I think you know, deciding a seven-year-old child is a little too young. Right, and, and uh, you know, and I understand. I understand your standpoint, Mike Bowman. But let me tell you this: it's a I think what she has been able to do, and this is to your point, um, Mark Jones, like I think what she has been able to do is she's been able to be very objective because of the fact maybe she isn't the birth mom. So she's been able, and I think that's what the article that was coming, that came out, where she was saying, I confirm my child is trans. Um, Well, you you know, I, I hang out with my goddaughter all the time, and she'll tell you, that you know, well, this is for uh, this is girls, this is boys, whatever. But she doesn't know what she's how old for reference. Oh, uh, she's three. Mm-hmm. I just don't That's think a magic- three. I just don't think a three year old knows what actually makes them a girl. You know, they yeah, don't. They want to wear dresses. They They've been told that girls wear dresses. Okay, they exactly. learned that, but I don't think in their mind they know what makes them make what makes a girl a girl and what makes a boy mm-hmm. a boy. And I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old girl. And, and you have a twenty-six-year-old, but we're gonna. That's, that's and I got a twenty-six-year-old. <laughs> that's another episode. That's, that's another episode. I want to. Um, <laughs> now, listen. I want to um, talk to you all about since we're you know talking about this and like children's development and whether or not they know you know how, what they feel to be true to themselves. Can we also talk about? And I'm gonna ask you all how bullying has changed over time from when you all were in school versus like present day and kind of like what that looks like as far as how, how do we continue to support like our kids that are being bullied and just telling them to do things like, you know, beat the shit out of somebody, which I completely understand. It gets to that point at the while, but then kids are clever these days. They have all types of ways in which they're bullying kids not just physically in the moment, but then also over social media and things like that. And, you know, videos go viral. And some people can't mentally handle how to navigate that. So what are you all's thoughts on that as it relates to this new age bullying with children that are different? I want to take this first. Like before, and I'll let y'all speak. I, um, you know, being in schools and seeing, and seeing kids and seeing them be bullied, I, I have a very um, clear reference point Um that it's all about, you know, being, to your point, it's all about being different. And the more that kids are 
seen as, as or the more the difference is seen as not being different, the more the kids are accepted into mainstream society. And, you know, you have to be able to understand what kids need as far as support is concerned and being different. And I think that's where we as adults come in at. We have to be understanding of what they need so that they can actually matriculate in school and actually graduate without committing suicide. You know what I mean? And I think we get too caught up on nuance about, you know, is he, is he a boy that is now becoming a girl, so is it now trans, trans, like, or, like, okay, so now she's a girl, but she's doing, like, just let them be kids. Like, that's my whole thing. And I think we as adults get too tied up in it. I'll let somebody else take the floor. Go ahead. I mean, um, uh, I was going to say, you know, like, I, I remember, I, I think I was like, six or seven years old i think i was seven years old you, you know i i dressed up as a girl for halloween and, and seriously and if i wanted to play the part of the halloween i could sit there and tell everybody that i'm not a boy you know and isn't it that you know what what, what the kid had told you know charlie there on you know you know what i mean and it, it, is it something that they've heard one time or is it something that they've heard for the past three or four years? You, right. you, you know, we, we, we don't know all the little little details on, on some of this stuff right now. You know, but 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 I but I know for a fact that just because I put on a dress and I, and and I look like a girl for that one day, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go ahead and just you know start labeling myself trans and whatever. It's a you know something for 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 one day. You know, and, right. I think, and I think that's how little, how little kids are. They, they live in a very imaginative world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're trying to learn uh, about their surroundings, and everything around them. <laughs> but, but Mike Bowman, by the same token, you've also said, and let's be clear, you've also said that 12 or 13-year-olds are on Instagram acting like females. Boys are acting like females because they want to get Instagram likes. Yeah, that's correct. You you have to let that go. You have to, because this is the world that we live in today, where likes, being internet famous, YouTube famous, Instagram famous, that's a big deal to these kids. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because they're making a lot of money, dude. A lot of money. Okay, I, I'm on YouTube right now. I haven't made a YouTube video because I've had some life changes and moving cross country and everything else for like six months, right? But I'm still ranking in money monthly for my YouTube. And I'm just talking about. And if you don't cars. mind us asking, how much money do you make off of YouTube? If you don't okay, mind I mean, I mean, I, I don't make a lot. My 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 last year's one was six hundred and ninety-five bucks. But that's yeah, not but bad. it's just the money though. Look, look, that's yeah. not bad for five thousand subscribers. Now imagine, imagine, okay, that you're seven years old. Oh, you got a name like your 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 mom's is uh, Charlize Theron. Oh my gosh! Oh, let, let me come on out. Let me let me start doing it. Oh, you mean I could, uh, you know, I can make as a seven year old kid ten twenty thousand dollars a month. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That's right. There's kids on there making more than that. So yes. like, there, there's there's. I think ten that the, who was the one with the, with the toy that was making like the, I think it was like five hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I about to say I, my kids watch a kid that that, that brings in about uh, twelve thirteen hundred dollars a month just playing with toys. Dude, this is real. What do you mean playing with toys, Corey Blunt? What do you mean? They just toys? play with toys. They they have yeah. these all these toys, 
And they filmed themselves playing with the toys. And kids all over the country tune in to that person and just watch that kid play with toys. And it have thousands of subscribers. Wow. wow. Hey, hey, my, my, my YouTube channel started off with reviewing Hot Wheels cars. Okay, and then I and then I converted my channel to talk about my real cars, and, but but pe- people subscribed, you know, yeah. people watch, and, and you still and and get paid for, for a fifteen-year-old to make six hundred dollars over the course of twelve months, let's say, um, that could be a significant amount of money. It could. And, and when you start seeing, look, when you start seeing the the head of Google. Uh, what's her name, Susan what, what, Wozniak or something like that, whatever her name is, you know, where, where she's, uh, she, she, uh, she's supporting, you know, the, the lesbian, uh, gay, transgender community, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then what, what, what does that tell you about YouTube? That they push those videos. Right. They push they, those they in front of you. And when the see. kids are watching them and, and they have these, these uh, you know, iPads glued to their hands at two and three years old, and, and that's, that's all that they see, that they are so confused. And then they start saying, oh, my gosh, I can make money doing this. And then they want to do it, too, because what do they want to do? They want to do what, the, what the, they, they're considering the cool kids can do. Mm-hmm. And that's make a lot of money, dude. It's all about the money. It's all about the greed. It's all about the fashion. It's all about everything else to be in that limelight for that 15 minutes. It really is to watch somebody as an adult sit there and, and stand behind a child who is seven years old, who hasn't even grown up yet, who right. doesn't even know what the meaning of life is yet to want to change their gender or even fully understand what that means. Yep. Well, you know what? You know what, Mike Bowman, like, the reality is we all grew we all were born and we all decide or we all kind of like just morphed into whatever we were supposed to become almost like a, a, a worm becoming a butterfly so with that being the case and I know you say well, kids don't know what they want to do and, and all that kind of stuff with that being the case is it really really about kids making a decision about what they want or is it just them being organic, like a worm becoming a butterfly, and just deciding that you know, or or or, or organically moving into a position of where they want to be? And I guess that's what my thing is with this whole this this whole debate. This child was not organically given a chance to change organically. Exactly. Well, this child was based based on what? physically based on what, they weren't given a chance to change organically, but that doesn't mean mentally they aren't changing organically. I mean, physically, they're not going to change organically because as far as they're concerned, their body has, for lack of a better way to put it, um, kind of like uh, betrayed them. You know what I mean? Like, their body uh, is becoming... Hollywood lifestyle is not normal, dude. Uh, I lived in Hollywood, okay? I, I worked in the recording studios. I got to meet famous people. They, 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 they're eccentric people. Okay, these actors and actresses and some of these rappers and stuff like that. Some of these people are very, very, very eccentric. Okay, and when you hear them talk about the parties that they go to and and, and all the people that they're hanging out with and stuff, it's not the normal lifestyle that I that I'm accustomed to to hearing uh, out of anybody uh, from anybody. Even even you, Antoine, you know what I mean? It's like you're talking about, okay, like. There's some crazy shit going on. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and when these kids are exposed to some of this stuff, man, and the parents are supporting it, you know, it, 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 it's it's a little weird. And, it's and, getting, and let me tell you too, it's buddy, weirder, so I, I've said this several times, I struggle. Mark Jones has let me know on more than one occasion, like, and show planning and stuff, like, oh, you know, you, I see you messed up, and you, you got a name wrong. And I did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I do get gender wrong. I do, I do mess it up. For lack of a better way to put it, I F it up. You know what I'm saying? However, at the end of the day, I try to understand what people are going through, and I try to empathize, and I try to tell that to you all. And I mean, I think we've gotten that across in a lot of some of our messaging. Like, I try to empathize with what people want to be described as and what they want to be known as. And I just try to, like, be, you know, compassionate and empathetic to that. And like that's where I I'm at with it. Like I don't I don't think we have a problem with respecting an adult that is saying that this is what I am and I want you guys to accept that. Most of us, I don't believe, have an issue with that. But when you're three years I old I wasn't about Mike Bowman, I really wouldn't, but go ahead. When you're three I, years I, old. I I I I'm I, I'm right on board with what Corey's saying. I mean there, there, okay, there's, right. there's no doubt about it. He's exactly correct. When you're an adult, I can respect your decisions as an adult because you've had a chance to live a little bit and okay. understand exactly. life. A little bit. Okay. And that's a big deal. And that's a huge, huge, big deal. When you're thrown into a pit of this thing called life, you know what I mean? And you're thrown, you know, every, all these flashing things on this little screen. You know what I mean? All these people doing all this stuff and everything else and entertainment and money and, and, and fame and everything else. So, dude, it, it, it can literally corrupt a young kid's development. You know what I mean? And a confused, stressed, depressing, suicidal path. Knowing okay. that they're, that they're I in this do world, agree that fame and it's a crazy life freaking can, world right now. I do agree that fame and life can definitely change the viewpoint of a young child. However, I don't think that fame and life will make somebody decide they want to be a different gender, Mike Bowman. Like, and then, right, because right. what like, does that have to do with that? Like, how is how are you connecting that to say their exposures having them give give them thoughts about becoming something else? That's innate. That's just how they naturally were born. Like, man, I don't believe people can be persuaded to be something different. But he's talking about like <laughs> you can be, a you lifestyle can can be persuaded on somebody's what, decision what in their booty. First wait a minute, wait happened. a minute, though. Like, wait a minute. Okay, L- let's let's go back like a h- 100 or 200 years. Do we have the same type of mechanisms in place to influence people to make decisions about something that's serious? As no, we didn't. Gender- we, we didn't right. have the, we did right. have because, the internet 200 because, years ago. Because gay people and trans people have been around forever. That's This is not a new phenomenon or anything like that's, that. To that's, say- that's saying that it's not natural. Not saying that it's not natural. You know what I'm saying? But there are people out here that were not born gay that live the lifestyle. We can't say that they're not. I see all, I've seen that with my own eyes. So there are people out here that 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 are fake homosexuals. If, if, and then, and Corey like Blunt, let me let you know, and I've seen it with my own eyes. There are people yeah. out here who are fake straight. And they are living their life <laughs> being straight. Exactly. They aren't. We said we said we, 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 had, we said that the other day. Let's not go there. <coughs> we said that the other day. Go ahead. So 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 that goes for both sides. That goes for both sides. You got people that, that, that claim to be straight that aren't. 
You have people that claim to be gay that aren't. So, but, but, but we, we, we still need to go back to the thing where, and if, if you're an adult, that's perfectly acceptable. Because you have, uh, you know, lived enough years. You've lived your life, you know. But, but, but at three seven, years old, yeah, or not at three years old, old. From, from three to five, Antoine, you already know is what the most impressionable years for a child. Yes, I agree with that. So when you start a child off at two and three years old, that doesn't that has no clue what their gender is, besides what you tell them. And you do that until they're six or seven years old. What do you think that they're going to be? And that's provided that that message is being con- consistently sent. But you're looking at it at it as if the you're putting a dress on a two-year-old boy. What wait, message? Wait, 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 wait. Are you- because the two-year-old so, boy picked out the dress. Right. I mean, that's, boy, that's that's the part. Here. Right. That's the most critical piece. It's not like the parent is, you know. T- making the child dress up because they they want them to dress up that way. This is the child expressing who they are and basically coming forward to their parents and letting them know how they feel about who they are. And so that, that is just support. They don't know that young. How do you all know they don't know that young? My children, you know you me yourself. My kids do not pick out their clothes. They go their mother buys their clothes. Corey, you told me yourself at five years old you were chasing little girls and trying to get some ass. Did you not tell me that? I did. And guess where I got that from? Guess where I got that from? I saw it. I I saw it. Exactly. It wasn't something that came natural. It's something I saw. I looked at TV. I saw people humping. I wanted to try it. Yep. All of us okay. want to try on a woman. I wasn't helping little. And do you understand where the innate desire to try it on a woman came from? Say it again. Do you know? I mean, the desire that tried on a woman came from within a, within you. That's the point I'm trying to make. And it came I, I, from I, 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 to me. The desire for a woman is it's because I, I have a penis and and she has a hole. And she has a hole that I could put it in. You know what I mean? That, that's a nice form. You know, and, and so uh, okay. that, 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 that's literally you know, the, the natural scientific way of, you know, of humans progressing. Before we move on, Michael, that. you got anything you want to say on Mark Jones? Only thing I have to say is that we need to listen to our children when they are expressing themselves and not dictate what we believe we want them to be because honestly that's how a lot of relationships get broken as children do grow up and become adults and so we need to listen to our kids early on okay and Corey and, 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 and Mike I understand where y'all are coming from but I'm also telling you that uh, a lot of influence that comes along with trying to make sure that kids I guess become the, the type of have the type of sexuality that we think we they should have it as adults, I just don't want you to know that all a lot of that is implied based on societal norms and doesn't necessarily align with what the kid really truly feels in their heart. Um, I personally think that people are born with an open sexuality and they just like what they like. And society kind of channels that and forms that into what society feels that should be. Um, we're going to move on, but I'm gonna, I mean, I want to give y'all, to close this out, I want to give y'all your chance to speak. Either one of y'all got anything to say on that? Uh, well, let let me. Me and you've had a lot of discussion on this, Antoine, a lot. 
And mm-hmm. I know, I know you think that. I, it's not that I'm against it. Okay. When if you want to do what you want to do, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I I wouldn't make fun of anybody for it. It is what it is. But mm-hmm. like I told you before, I don't. I have a universal fact. I think is what I said. And if boys have penises, girls have vaginas. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you want to dress up like a woman, if you want to think you're a woman, that's fine. I will not stand in your way for your pursuit of life, liberty whatever but if you ask me my opinion and if you were born with a penis there is no way there's nothing you can do to change that okay absolutely but i i will not i will not demean you i will not disrespect you but if you ask me then i'm sorry you are still you'll you'll always be a boy okay that is just still the majority thought in this world. You, you know what I mean? And there's and, and it's super. It's going to be another hundred to two hundred years before that's completely one hundred percent changed. Okay. You know, I mean, my I'm opinion. Is Go ahead, Corey. My opinion is it's just a little bit different. I mean, it's still along the same lines as the two of them, but just a little different. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I really, really don't care. Either way, you know, what a person is. Um, I live off of personalities. Um, if your personality is a good one, then we associate with each other. If your personality is a negative one, then we cannot socialize with each other. Um, I don't really care about your background, um, what your sexuality is. Um, I, I am a completely judge-free, you know, person when it comes to that. Okay. See, I'm pointing that core again. Well, you know what, y'all? What did you say, Mark? I said, I'm pointing that core again like I was on Facebook. Exactly. (laughs) Pointing up to him as he made a comment. Yes. I thought that was classic. I was like, you know what? Look at this MF. Like, <laughs> I mean, there was, there was nothing, could, nothing else I could say. He's going to take everything and put it up there. But everything okay. I wanted to say, Corey had said. So that's, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, what, what, what Corey said is 100% correct. A lot of it, uh, people just generally do not care. You know what I mean? I, I think that the LGBT community, like, like literally runs around and tries to literally deliberately find things to sit there and say, see, 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 look at them. They're, they're doing it to us. You know what I mean? And, and they have to and bring you know, it out. My, my moment, they have I, to like, the same, I can say the same thing about the straight community. I think the straight community digs, too. I think the gay community digs. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think the uh, yeah, gay community right. digs. But I You're also right. think the state community digs. I think both communities dig because of hey, the Dra- drama sells, man. Drama both sells. Both communities are trying to prove a point, and drama does sell. And, and you, you know can accept somebody, that, you can accept somebody and not agree with them. I mean, yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about some drama. We're going to talk about Kelly Grove. liberals, but I accept them. We're going to talk about Kelly Grove MS. And I got a little clip for y'all. Like, that I want to play for y'all about Kelly Grove. So let's just hear it. Historically, historically black men have been hypersexualized in our culture. It's been used as 
there's this myth in our culture that black men have bigger businesses. We're hypersexualizing. It's totally not true. But if you look at Magnum, all of their marketing is towards people who are African American. Okay. So this is <laughs> Okay, let, let me just say in comparison. Oh, okay, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. If that was the case, I'm the whitest dude ever. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, I, I heard okay. things she said, and and obviously I don't agree with it. But the first thing I did is went and googled Magnum condom commercials, and the first eight that I saw, not a black guy was in it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. And and you know why I work is predominantly black, and I. Not, not as much now as in my early days, but I have heard some conversations. I mean, you, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've heard. And what she said is right. Some of them women in there said, that ain't true. <laughs> that ain't true. Okay, okay. Yeah, not all of them are like that. And, yep. and that being said, if if you go buy a Magnum condom, and you're going to find out real quick if it's too big. Mm. Hey, look. Antoine, tell me, tell me, tell me, I don't know too many black men that in some way, shape, or form don't take pride in 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 that myth. <laughs> it is. Yes, yes, Corey, yes. We do take pride in that myth. But I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. Okay, yes, we do take pride in that myth. But I'm going to tell you where it, it becomes troublesome. It becomes troublesome, just like what Kelly said. Like, and you know, we've had these debates before. It points back to us being over-sexualized in the courtroom, in school, so many different places. And Corey, you and I have had these conversations. Like, the over-sexualization of black men based on penis size has happened since slavery. Since I slavery. know, Mark, you don't believe that slavery matters today, but it does. Okay. I didn't say it didn't matter now. I didn't say it didn't matter. Mm. Okay. I'll put a word to your mouth, perhaps. But maybe you say it didn't matter. <laughs> but you definitely have said that we lean, can I put it this way? We lean on the effects of slavery too much in modern day culture. Is that fair? On, on some things, I think so. Like you told, okay. like like when you told me, uh, because of slavery, you got young black kids going out buying Jordans. I don't see how that's, I don't see how that relates. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, well, I, I can go this way back. We can man. bring it around. You know, let me answer that question so we can have the forum. I'm going to tell you why, because we have always wanted to be able to have the best ever since slavery. It's always been about being able to be a little bit closer to what we consider the best to be. Right, And with that being the case, having Jordans versus some of the other outward or inward things that we need in our, in our daily lives is more important because we want to have the best. Right. Since slavery, we have been taught that, and that is where that comes from. Take, take, Jordan, take, Jordan, take Jordans out and put Cadillac. Hey. <laughs> oh, take Jordans, I'll put Cadillac. Well, a million I, I dollar house you, that we can't afford. I can tell on you from the other only side loan. of the fence. Like we can talk a little bit about the money involved with that. You well, know what I'm saying? You from the other side of the fence, Antoine, it's like that over here. Hey, the hey. side of the fence is the same way. Hey, that, hey, hey guess culture. what? Hey, 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 Mark's one hundred percent right. We, you know, you don't walk around with bobos on anymore. You know, yep, yep. see bobos everywhere. 
Nope, not now. I remember my mom. And I've told you my struggle before, Antoine. I don't think you wanted to hear it, but you know how she had to cook a pot of uh, pigtails and navy beans for us to be able to eat for three days. And that's mm-hmm. when you told me you didn't care how many pigtail dinners I had. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. I, I remember. Oh my God. Okay. I, I remember my mom buying me a pair of Jordan, Jordan threes. That, to me, the best shoes to ever be made. But back then, you know, oh, I got Jordans is no big deal. But looking at it now and knowing what she was going through and what she had to sacrifice to get me a $120 pair of shoes, I would mm. never, if, if, if I knew then what I know, I would have never asked her to buy me those shoes, ever. Mm-hmm. It's, don't, don't think it's, it's a black thing because it's not. Hey, hey, hey. On the first time, my parents could afford them. Look, I can contest it on the other side of the fence, man. If if you were only, if you think it's all about blacks wanting to be the best that they could be, why the fuck do we have wealthy white billionaires all around the world? Because those guys that they want to be the best that they could be too, don't you agree? And that's where that comes from. It, it, it no, starts, I don't. I don't agree with that. One. Look, it starts with shoes, <coughs> and it goes to the cars. Okay, it goes to the houses. You know what I mean. Generational money. I mean, I mean, mm. they had to start somewhere. Somebody wanted to be the best that they can be. When, when your parents started to get a good meal, to stop when you have parents that can that can that can dump off a million dollars to get your get your life straight, like a Jade, like a Donald Trump. You know, people like that, you know, those people are rich because of generational money, money that came from slave trade, you know, from long money. So black folks have that type of generation. Have you read the background of the Trump story? I mean, I'm just saying that Donald Trump as a as a as an as an example. I, I really don't know his background, but I know for for a fact that there are other billionaires out there that are billionaires because of their generational money. that you're wrong because you're not wrong. You're 100 percent right. You, you know what I mean? They, they, they yeah, you know what, y'all? <laughs> let 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 let's put this in perspective. There's a lot of different things going on right now. You know. Okay, in this conversation. So we're talking about generational wealth and we're talking about also how that plays into how we, um, how individual, how, how cultures are perceived and how cultures are thrive in society. And we've talked about all of this. Talking about um, the dude, and you all, a lot of people com- commenting about this, the dude from the Park Lane school shooting in Florida, and how in the middle of his trial, all of a sudden he gets this injection of $422,000 because of the fact that his mother had some life insurance policy and she died in the middle of the trial. That general, and, 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 and Mark Jones, I know you say, oh, that's not generational wealth, that's an insurance policy. I think, Kevin Bowman, you followed up with the same thing. That's not what this is. This is generational knowledge and wealth. Black folks don't have $422,000 insurance policy. They just don't exist. Why not? Because why, of the financial literacy involved. Why, 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 why aren't you teaching, uh, you know... But, and you know what, Mike? I didn't learn about my retirement in high school. I Did you? Okay. I, 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 I gave you testimonials from people who I, had, I have actually had in class. 
I showed you testimony. I sent you pictures of me in class teaching people. I can even show you awards I have from. Um, why are about, you teaching? Why are you teaching? Why aren't the teachers teaching that? Hold on, Mike Bowman. Let me let me just say this because, like, you're asking Antoine all these questions, and he's just one example of the larger reason why we are having this conversation in the first place. Because if you're looking at it from a, a socio-historical political context, these are things are revolved around the idea of access and why Black people haven't always had access to these types of things to be able to advance in society today. And so we do see a big-ass gap between Black people and our wealthier white counterparts, for instance. And so it's not that we don't want to do these things. It's, again, historically we haven't been able to access the resources to be able to effectively implement that within our communities. And there are many instances throughout history when we have tried to do that, how those efforts were smashed because no one wanted to see black growth and development. And this is well-documented historical facts. So you can find them anywhere. But I'm saying that to say, I'm saying all of that to say, is like you're asking Antoine these questions and it's like, yes, he's putting in work, doing his part. But everybody isn't doing that because of the gap that exists. Like exactly. the playing field is not even. It's, it's not very level. uneven. It's unbalanced. It is significantly unbalanced. And so there are people doing the work to address it. But again, it's so much. There needs to be a comprehensive right. attempt to really do that to to impact true transformation. And that needs to be nationwide. One person can't do it. Right. Exactly. And, and and Mike Bowman, you misguided. You said in your you said in your post, um, Everybody has a 401k. Everybody does it. But they don't. And I, and I responded to you, and no one responded back. Either you or Mark Jones never responded back. But I said, not every black person does. Like, when I get to think, when, when black people have to think about, do I want to have a 401k versus putting 6%, you know, of my salary into this 401k and eating, my children eating, you know what? I don't need a 401k. I need to make sure we got food on our table tonight. Like, exactly. But here, but I understand. I understand financial knowledge. By the same token, you have to understand that everybody isn't a, doesn't have that financial knowledge available. And yeah, I think yeah, that's what but, we, but, but you're missing the point. Here's here's what you're saying. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Right, I came from nowhere, dude. From nowhere, I lived eight years in foster homes. Eight freaking years. I wasn't adopted when I was a little baby. I knew everything that was going on. Okay. All right. I was. I was literally poor in a foster home i got adopted into a family who was living off welfare okay mm-hmm. all right i had to figure the crap out for myself i watched my mom and dad file uh, uh bankruptcy when i was a kid i watched them go through a divorce right the only thing that they taught me was how to spend money okay spend 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 i filed bankruptcy when i was 25 dude i i, I had to spend my 401k that i have saved up for which was a few thousand dollars twice already Okay, I, I'm here, 42 years old, still trying to figure out finances. You, you know, okay. it, it's, it's, it's not a black thing, man. It's not a black thing. It, it, so it, 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 it is. It is absolutely a black thing. We, we are not being yeah. taught Black people in the United States age. haven't had access to those types of tools that you're talking about. You know, and, and so and when and you, these when wealthy you... billionaires, that they're, they're not stupid, man. They're, they're billionaires for a reason. But guess what? They're good at one thing. They're good at making money. They're good at making money. They probably have no human interpersonal skills whatsoever. They probably are single because they can't hold down to marriage. You know what I mean? They probably have no idea how to change an engine. They have no idea how to freaking fix a virus on their computer. But you know what? They know how to make money. 
and you know how money works and you know how to how to how to like generate more money and they generate so much of it you know that they, they have no other choice but maybe to pass it down to their kid no other choice but to pass it down to their kid they don't have to yeah i mean can we blame those people no, we can't. All we could do is blame ourselves because you know what? We we do have the tools today. Even at forty two years old, I'm still learning. I'm still oh, learning about yeah. investments. You, you know what I mean? I'm still learning uh, about how to have money make money for me, so I don't have to be poor and broke and be like one of these older people where I'm complaining and we're under injection in the next thirty years, old and grumpy, complaining that we all don't have retirements. <laughs> you know what I mean? First of all, let me. I, I, you know, I like the shout out to the injection that you put in there, Mike Bowman. Thank you. You know, but let me also say, like, that's not it in totality. Like, I, I get what you're saying, and you're and you're and you're and you're taking color off of it, and and, and that's fine. <coughs> all I know is that the individuals that I come in contact with. In my black community, in the black community, I won't say in my black community, but in the black community, do not understand. And I put that in the post and everything. Like, they do not understand building wealth. And it's not anybody's fault because I didn't really learn myself until I was well over, you know, well into my 30s, like how to really, really budget. I had been told, oh, Antoine, you need to budget, you need to save. Oh, Antoine, you need to get a 401k. And that's the reason why I bought that to you, Mark Jones. Like when those employees, when you had a new employee hired 10 years ago when you were still doing supervisory work, did you tell them, oh, yeah, did you sign up for 401K? Did you do that? Because everybody has to kind of like work together to kind of like help people get a financial literacy platform together. And I never really had that. Not only, not until now. And Michael J is the one. He can actually speak to this. Well, I have a platform in place. And Michael J, I... You know, I shared with him, you know, how much money, you know, I shared with him my portfolio. And his thing has been, well, oh, my God, how does it look like this? And and we had to sit down and come up with a black strategy to saving money because we <laughs> are a little bit different. And I think that's what nobody really understands Antoine, because of cultural Antoine. situations stemming from right. slavery. And this goes back to slavery. Antoine. What Ms. Kelly Grove was saying. Money, now, money is green, Antoine. It, it is not a black and, and white savings plan. Money is green. And Michael if, J, come on now. If, if my, Listen, if, if Michael J, you're knows, and you know now what what's what's stopping everybody else from learning. What we've been saying since we started this topic of conversation, we we've said it repeatedly, and so I'll definitely say it again. We're talking about people's introduction to these types of concepts, right? Like some people have always already had this type of information handy and so they've never had to think about what it means to effectively save and budget so that you can have an immaculate savings do. account that's no right again, going back to the cultural part we understand that but again going back to the cultural piece of this and we're talking about the unbalanced playing field that, we, that is the united states of america we i can attest to their black communities who don't have that type of information we're talking about access to information we're talking about school systems that aren't even teaching those type of fundamentals and disproportionately across difference and race. I, I don't so know what It's happens. easier for you to say, right, you don't know what happens. No, no, no. no. I, I don't know what happens so when I type in www.google.com uh, on my end. Well, I'm talking about the piece that you're trying to erase. So we're talking about the culture aspect of this and why what we're talking about impacts and resonates with black people. Okay. 
So, Mike, what were you saying, Mike? I think Mike. I'm, I mean, I think Mike. I, 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 because he, he's saying right right now we we, we don't have to. So since the internet was what was created, I'm not saying it, it's it's well more completed now. my Google when I type in www.google.com and I want to search yeah. for something like Fidelity Investments, you know what I mean, or something like that. How can I, you know, or, or a little search? How can I have money make money for me, right? It, right. I, I guarantee the search would be no different on my end than it would be on your computer. Corey Blunt, okay. I'm gonna let you speak to this. Go ahead. Corey Owens. I think you just left. Just left. Okay. Um well, well my my view of it, Antoine, is I've told you I was poor growing up. My dad grew up on a farm poor. My grandma she it wasn't a plastic bag that went through her house that she didn't save. But when you live like that, you save everything you can. And as far as building wealth, my, my dad would always tell me, son, he never, he didn't know how to make money, make his money, make more money as far as investments and stuff. But two of the things okay. he told me was, he said, son, if you make $2,000, you can only spend $2,000. And he also told me, if you don't look out for your money, somebody else will. And he was right on both counts. And I didn't listen, obviously, you know, because when I was young, I knew everything. But just know that what you're saying that's not available is not available on our side either, not always. I mean, you, you talk about billionaires, but some of them are self-made. I mean, some of them yeah, are and, self-made. And, and that's the point I'm trying to get to. That's exactly the point I'm, I'm trying to make. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's not all black people either, man. You know, and I know it just seems like that there's a lot of them, but you want to know what? It, it, it's just like, you know, my, Microsoft and, uh, you know, computer problems versus Apple computer problems. All the Apple guys are like, oh, my, my Apple runs great. It's because there's not a lot of Apple computers out there versus Microsoft computers. There's not <laughs> as many black people versus white people. Okay. So the, you the, know cases, what? That we, not- the, the cases that we hear from black people, we, we, we have three or four times as many uh, in, in the white community too. You know what I mean? F- experiencing the same exact thing, the same exact thing. You know, when I go into McDonald's, I, I see it, uh, everybody, a- Asian, Mexican, white, black. It don't matter that they, they all trying to make it. It's about your ambition. It's about your will, uh, your willpower, your ambition of life to want to be better and better yourself. So maybe mm-hmm. you could even pass something down to, uh, you know, to your family members or your kids or something like that when, when, you, when you die. And, you know, and so this kid, you know, $432,000 is it, not a lot of money, man. It's not a lot of money. But my coworker, his, his mom died. He got $350,000. And, and I thought that wasn't a lot of money. I, some of my friends, man, I hear that, you know, that their parents have like millions saved up for, in their retirement and stuff. And I'm just like, well, how are they, re, you know, how are they investing? I got no clue. I don't want to ask them. And like, hey, Juan, just, you know, just how know, are you investing your millions that I hear that you have? Just know, you know I mean, Juan, just when, I, when I speak, I'm talking about in the last few years. I'm I'm not saying there wasn't a, a, a advantage, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I, I do understand that. Don't think I'm trying to discredit that. Even 16, 17. I understand the generational wealth. But let me let me ask you when uh when President Obama and Michelle pass away, where do you think their fortune's going? 
when Michael Jordan passes away, where do you think his fortune's going? Those are isolated situations. No, no I, I understand. They're not isolated. But brought up that, that oh, no, they're, they're not isolated. No, nah, man, it's 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 you know it's so well. There have been more than one. There's been more than one black president of the United States. No, I mean he's just saying. He's just saying. You know, just Michael saying Jordan that. ain't never been a president, <laughs> so you know he's I'm just not... saying black, black wealthy people. And right. Obama and Michael Jordan are, are two of them. And what do you? Where do you think that their money's going to go? It's going to go straight to their child. Yeah, There's just not as many people. black black. And that's what builds generational wealth. And what I'm saying is that doesn't normally happen within the black community. And that's what it, that's the bottom line. Like. I know if we had fifty percent black people in, in in this world and fifty percent white people, I think we would see uh, equal amount of success on both sides. Okay, That's just so my let's, opinion. So let's, let's talk about that then. So you want to talk about equal amount of success? Let's look about and, and let's, let's talk about this because it's important. The amount of incarceration that happens. Thirty. You want to talk about numbers? Thirty percent of the incarcerated population is white, 33% is black. However, 13% of the black population is makes up America, whereas 63% of the of the population is white. And that is a, those are real statistics and those are real numbers. I, I, look, I, I can sum it all up for you, man. Like, like literally, it's called greed. It's called people who have a lot of money, white people who don't like black people, which is still existent today. They have money to open up a prison. They need to fill this prison. What's the best thing to do? Go get black kids, you know, off the street, you know, for for low uh, uh, low crimes, whatever whatever you call those uh, petty crimes, you know. Right. So that that way, their prison misdemeanors. Up. Yeah, misdemeanors. I, I mean, I'm sorry, it, it does happen. You know what I mean? I, I'm half Puerto Rican, half white myself. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you don't think I haven't been discriminated on, I, I have. You, you know, I, I I get it. I completely understand, man. You know, but like, uh, but but in, in, in that case, you know what I'm talking about. And you, and, right, and you don't you think know, that before, has an impact? We round it out because we, we run out of time, y'all. But before we round it out, I do want to speak specifically to the one dude that jumped up in court, and I I think it's very 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 in, indicative of what we have going on here. Like he walked, he came up in court and told the judge to suck his dick a black dude that was being represented by his public defender. I'm gonna touch on that before we go. Um, did everybody get a chance to see that video by chance? I know yeah. you saw it, Mark. I know you saw it, Michael. Did you get a chance to see it, Mike Bowman? Yeah, I, I saw it. I just uh, was hoping that there was an article linked to it to to, to tell more about the, the guy's background. Oh, it is. Right. Well, no, Mark did all the research. Mark, go ahead and let us in on it. All right. Well. First of all, he got 30 years, and the judge took off eight. Okay, we know that. And then when he got up and racist this, suck this, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, well, he added six more years. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of pity on somebody that doesn't – let me see if I say this right – that doesn't respect authority in, in a certain way. Okay, which is the reason why he's in there in the first place. Yeah, and and that's why I said when you and I know you don't believe in corporal punishment, but when your mom's tearing your butt up, you're not gonna sit there and call every name in the book. You're gonna be quiet so you don't get bored. Okay, <laughs> well, well, this guy, it was we looked at the uh, 22 years for aggravated assault. You know, no nobody thought that should be that anyway. But he's been in and out of court numerous times. 
And not only that, he the aggravated assault, he entered somebody's house and he got charged with kidnapping. So it's more to it than that. And I think yeah, yeah. I think it was six years before that, he was in front of the same judge and got 12 months or something. And he told the same judge then to suck whatever, <laughs> you know, suck his magnum or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> oh, not his magnum. <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, it, it, it's not like this is the first time the guy's been in there. And to me, like I said, color does not matter. If you get in front of the judge and act like that, he should have gave him another 60 years. So there's a right way and a wrong way to do stuff. I agree. But I, and I also I ask this question. Why do you all think he was in and out of that courtroom for doing all of those things? Because of his attitude. He's just a criminal for life. Yeah. Right. So let's, talk, go, let's, let's go back to the conversation that we were, you know, being very heated about uh, this idea of access and opportunity in these communities and why when there is an access and opportunity, naturally you're going to have a higher crime rate. Right. And so that's the case for a lot of black people that are locked up, like you said, Mike, that are, you know, people who have the money to create these prisons and it's more profitable to, you know, put people in, in jail for uh, cheap to free labor and they happen to be black people. But then that also impacts opportunity and why people have to unfortunately do some of the things like this man has been brought to court for in the first place. So when you when you're thinking about, again, structurally speaking and the unbalance that exists within society that and I'm not saying that what he did was right. I'm saying that it makes that that was his answer that he chose to provide for his life. But it makes it sense. It, it depends on depends on the crime. I mean, if, if you're shoplifting yeah. at, at McDonald's to try to feed your family, I, because I, don't you know, know how you I can understand McDonald's, that. But, but that's it. going into somebody's place of residence, aggravated assault and kidnapping. No, you get no pity from me on that. And there's well, no excuse for that. Well, yeah, that's that one example. But I'm talking about the many, 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 many examples of black people that go into the court system for different offenses that don't equate to that level that this young man demonstrated. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about for the, the ones who aren't getting the airtime, who aren't being talked about because they're being sent to jail and prison for very petty crimes that other people who do the non-black people who do the same thing don't get the same type of time. Well, it, so, it, dep- it depends on the crime. To me, to me, it depends man, on Man, the there have been people who have done the same type of crime black and white, and the judge have given them different sentences. Well, Why is that? It, it depends on their previous... It depends on whether or not the judge is racist, because that's exactly <laughs> what that is. Uh, I mean, I mean don't eat, <laughs> well, 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 let's not fool ourselves here, man. There's a lot of racist people out there, okay? And, I, and, and, and a judge being a racist is, is like the, probably the worst uh, of the worst, because he's already formulated an opinion of you just out of color of skin. You know, right. and I feel really, really bad, you know, for those people who get thrown away like that, who are getting paid by these prison systems, you know what I mean? These old, yep. you know, kickbacks or back uh, backdoor deals, you know what I mean? To, to, to put people like him away for a very, very long time. He, he just paid a, a good payment for the next, you know, 30, you know, 28 years of his life. Well, I just think this guy was a bad example to set. To this guy's a bad example. Yeah, because you're talking, a bad example. For, for, for people who get nabbed for like dime bags of weed you know what i mean a little dime bag of weed you're in there for, for freaking 15 years are you kidding me yeah but see that that's uh, that's another thing we live in a republic that law can be changed yep i'm a strong proponent of follow the law whether you agree with it or not uh, just, and you know uh, what mark jones that's a whole nother yeah. story for a different day because you know i got some challenges for that but you know what y'all like we are over time <laughs> 
overtime. Man, I was not um, long enough. The ejection is sad. <laughs> not long enough, a yeah. whole lot. I feel like I got a lot <laughs> um, injected um, into the con- into me, you know, about what y'all were feeling. So, um, thank you all. Mike Bowman, it's been great having you. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, Mark Jones, as always, it's great having you. Corey Blunt, you, you somehow he, he let he messaged me and let me know he got kicked off. He couldn't get back on. It was great having you as well. As always, Mike, um, Michael J, you, you, you know, you, you're my producer. So thank you all so much. Um, and this has been another episode of The Injection. Have a good one, y'all. Thank you. All right, bye.